What is it? It's your future. It's called a Stargate. Chevron 7 locked. Welcome to Walking Through the Stargate. I'm Brent. And I'm Zach. This is episode 182, and we'll be talking about Stargate SG-1's episode Reckoning, parts one and two. Reckoning. It's, it's, a, it's a two-part reckoning. It is a two-part reckoning. First reckoning get, comes in parts A and B. Yeah. First you get reckoned, and then you get inged. Wow. Yeah. I've never been inged before. Uh, I can't say that I have either. So, hi, friends. We're hi. an independent podcast, and this... This kind of lovely, just pointless banter is exactly what you can expect from what we've got going on. If you like what we do, you can support us. Uh, we got uh, we got stuff on buymeacoffee.com slash walking through. Uh, Zach and I were just uh, talking a little bit about some of the machinations that we keep uh, talking about. We, uh, we've, we've got ideas, friends. Uh, we, so uh, some, some, some things that we've done might be coming back. We and, have uh, ideas. Yes. And you can support us if you wish. The easiest way to do that is to go to our website which is WTTS.space. Space. And on the bottom right corner, there is a coffee cup icon. You can click it and you can buy a coffee or a couple of coffees or five coffees, or you can put in however many coffees you want to buy. And that is awesome. And we thank you very much for that. Also, if you are interested in supporting us on a monthly basis, they have these things called memberships. They're... the way that they do memberships, it makes sense. They have different tiers. We only have one tier, and that's because we're looking at it like it costs us a few hundred dollars. I can't remember exactly. It's like $360 or something like that. Uh, currently, actually, it's more than that now because of different reasons. Anyway, it costs us money to do this thing. And if you want to contribute to uh, offset that, that's awesome. And we appreciate that very much. It's not necessary. We're going to do this thing anyway. But hey, I do this for other artists. If you're like me and you want to do that for us, too, that's that's well, that's wonderful. So you can click on that. and You can donate on a monthly basis if you wish. Uh, there's also things in there. They're called wish lists. Uh, we've got a couple of technology wish list things. If they fund, we'll get a couple of better mics. Uh, I might get a better mixer. Depends on 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 if those things fund or not. We also have a wish list that might be a thing that other people wish for, but it's certainly not a thing that we wish for. Well, no, Zach might wish for it. I know that David wishes for it all the time. Um, but I'm not upset that we aren't watching stargate uh infinity the non-canonical animated version of uh stargate but if you want to hear us talk about that you can you can fund that and uh we would do two more episodes and we'd post it right here on the main feed um yeah so that's a way that you can support us if you wish uh otherwise you know hey if you just want to hang out and listen to what we got going on that's fine um it's all good and if you have friends in your life that uh, you're listening to this thing and you're like, wow, man, these guys are great. I've got friends that should listen to these people like right now. You can tell them, hey, friend, I have a thing that you should listen to right now. And they'll be like, I'm in the middle of eating my dinner. Like, no, stop. Stop eating. Stop. Stop. Stop gaining nutrients. You must stop everything and entertain yourself this minute by searching your favorite podcast aggregator for walking through the stargate you'll find them but if you don't have a podcast aggregator i don't know what you're doing but whatever you could use apple podcasts or spotify podcasts or google podcasts or iHeartRadio podcasts or amazon podcasts we're in there too but uh they could really what they could do is that if they just don't want to make a commitment at all and just kind of want to have a sampling they can go to our website and on the very very bottom left side there's a little player and you can click the little play button and you'll be able to hear this stuff as easy as you wish without having to subscribe to anything at all. Oh, you know yes. what, Zach? Yes. I bet you that our host might track some of that information, but 
that's a way for you. I know we don't. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know how to get our website to do that. So, hey, you know, if you're all like, I love to live my life in a clandestine way. I'm a secret spy. Uh, you might be able to enjoy our stuff uh, without anybody knowing that you're listening to us by clicking on that little player down there. Ooh, there yeah. you go. That's, 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 I guess that's an option. So, yeah. uh, Zach. Yeah. Yes, Brent. If, if a person is actually a sleeper agent for a foreign government and they are willing to reveal that they are, but not willing to uh, have Apple uh, track their podcast listening. Um, so therefore they appreciate the suggestion that I've made about using the player on our website. How might they, how might they reach out and uh, reveal themselves to us? Well, if you are a sleeper agent and you know that you're a sleeper agent, which is impressive <laughs> because often sleeper agents don't know that they're sleeper agents. It's kind of goes it's kind to of the, the point definition. of being a sleeper agent. Yeah. Anyway, but if you are a sleeper agent and you know, um, Clap there hands. is help for you. <laughs> <laughs> if you're sleeper and you know, okay. You can Sorry. email us at walkingthroughthestargate at gmail.com <laughs> and we'll do the best we can to help you, um, which we'll see. Anyway, <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> you can also go to Facebook and uh, tell, you know, Mark Zuckerberg that you're a sleeper <laughs> Zuckerberg. <laughs> <laughs> I know that was a slip of the tongue, but it's still funny. I think that's a, I think it was. That's a great um, wrong name. We. We have uh, the Walking Through the Stargate Facebook page and the Facebook group, and you can have all sorts of the fun chats there. Yes. Uh, you can also go to the Discord yeah. and have a conversation there, and you could tell us individually, or you could tell everybody who listens to the podcast that you're a sleeper agent, yep. because why not? Why, why not? Hey, just, just let's have a party. That's right. And if you aren't currently a member of the Discord and you want to know how to do that, the easiest way of doing that is going to our website, which is WTTS.space. Space! And in the upper right-hand corner, there's a little symbol for Discord. Click on that symbol. Yep. And that'll take you to the Discords, in which case you can, if you don't already have a Discord account, you can sign up and then join our channel. Channel? Is that the I right word? Clicked it. Yeah, I think so. Server? I haven't Server, clicked on the thing in a while. Let's see. Let's click on this thing. Make sure it's... Da, 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 da. Yeah, it's, it's working. It's still there. working. There's 11 people um, online right now. There you go. Uh, you can also, of course... Uh, Go to uh, the website, WTTS.space, Space. and click on the Buy Me a Coffee link that Brent talks about all the time up above us. Yeah. So. And that's working just fine. That's working just fine. Yeah, I was clicking on that too earlier because I was curious what was going on. Yeah. There you go. All right. Well, Brent. Yeah. We have to be both reckoned and inged. Uh, yeah, yeah. We got we to gotta get the ing part done too. Yeah. So, in order to do that, we have to talk about the directors and teleplays and yeah. guest actors and all the that stuff. Thing. Are you yep. ready? I am ready. Let's dive into this. All right. So, Peter DeLuise is our director for yeah. both episodes. Very nice. Uh, this is his fourth and fifth episode. He's directed this season out of seven. He's got two more coming up. Uh-huh. Um, the teleplay was by Damien Kindler. Oh, okay. All right. Um, this is his fifth and sixth of six episodes this season. He uh -huh. did... Icon, Avatar, Prometheus, Unbound, Citizen Joe. He's got these two. Uh, there are a couple of excerpts from part two that were credited to Robert Cooper. Okay. Um, not sure exactly where they are. Doesn't really matter. Gotcha. All right. So we have several guest actors. Many of them we say hello again to. Yeah. Uh, Tony Amendola as Braytech. Yep. Carmen Argenziano as Jacob Carter slash yep. Selmac. 
Cliff Simon as Ball. Yep. Gary Jones. Friend of the show. Chief Master Sergeant Walter Radar Harriman. Uh-huh. Mel Harris returns as Oma DeSala. Yeah, gotcha. Mostly Oma. Yeah. Jeff Judge, the brother of Chris Judge, yeah. returns as Aaron. Yeah. Vince Cristejo re- uh, reprises his role as Yu Huang Shang Ti. Yeah, for a minute. For a m- hot minute. Yep. And next to him is Kevin Oschi, who plays Yu's first prime. Yep. And then we've got Eric Brecker, who plays Colonel Reynolds. Yep. And Dan Shea as none other than Sergeant Siler. Yep. Now, in addition to those people who we're all saying hello again to, we have some who are new to this episode. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we begin by talking about Samantha Kane, um, who was actually credited in this as Samantha Banton. Mm-hmm. She plays the Gould lieutenant uh, at the beginning who was negotiating with you. Yeah. With me? This, no, not you, you. Oh, yeah, me. Okay, Gosh. carry on. All right. Uh, so this is her very own IMDb mini biography. Uh-huh, okay. And I have to say, folks, this is how you should do it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Samantha Kane is a Jamaican-born actress of film, television, and theater. She is known for The Baker in 2021, The Retirement Plan also in 2021, and Self-Made in 2020. She began her career in theater... In addition, she is also a producer and has produced a television documentary series, theater productions, and award-winning short films. There you go. Wow. That that was mini. And it gets the highlights. I guess so. Yeah, that's true. You know, I mean, it doesn't go on and on and on and on for pages. Anyway, uh, her first IMDb credit came in 2002. In the TV series Undressed, yeah. in the episode There's Always Room for Jealousy, uh-huh. she plays Libby. Uh-huh. Okay. Yep. Uh, we also say hello to Isaac Hayes, who yeah. plays Pollock. Hey, Isaac uh, Hayes. You know, hey, Isaac Hayes. This this is the big name here, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, he was born in Tennessee in 1942, dropped out of high school, but then was later able to get his diploma at around the age of 21. Mm-hmm. I think that's true. Uh, I'm getting this from whomever wrote the mini IMDb, and they did not take their lessons from Samantha above, <laughs> and gr- grammar is not their favorite Aha, uh-huh. gotcha. Um, and they kind of go on and on and off. Anyway, uh, he got involved in the music scene as a composer and singer early on. He's worked with people such as Otis Redding, uh, Johnny Taylor, the Barkays, and Booker T. Jones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And many others. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is a multi-talented composer, singer, and arranger who played the piano, the vibraphone, the vibraphone, the saxophone equally well. Mm-hmm. Uh, in 1971, he won an Academy Award for Best Original Song for a Motion Picture for the theme from Shaft. Sorry, sorry. Let's keep going. It's playing uh, in my head. Uh, I know that what? I'm not you doing. You might it. as well pull it up and just have it playing in the background. Probably did. I just I, so we'll see just how on cue I was there, but. Uh, yep. Um. Anyway, uh, he also was nominated for the best original dramatic score for Shaft. Um, he was the first African American composer to win an Oscar for best original song, which is yeah. kind of cool. Yeah. His nickname is Black Moses. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, he also voiced the chef in South Park. Mm-hmm. And it was supposed to be originally just a one-off role, and people loved him, and so he did it for several episodes and whatnot. It became some sort of a regular. Uh, he did decide, decide to quit South Park for religious differences. I don't know exactly what, what was going on, but this is his quote. There is a place in this world for satire, but there is a time when satire ends and intolerance and bigotry towards religious beliefs of others begins. Religious beliefs are sacred to people and at all times should be respected and honored. As a civil rights activist of the past 40 years, I cannot support a show that disrespects those beliefs and practices. Yep. So, um, that's, you know, that obviously doesn't explain all that was going on, just kind of a hint of that. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I don't know that story. doesn't matter to me. Uh, Let's say it's not important. I just don't need to go into it right now. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, So, uh, he also starred along Bernie Mac in Soul Men in 2008, mm-hmm. uh, and sadly, that would have was going to be their last film together uh, because Bernie Mac uh, died on August 9th of 2008, and Isaac Hayes died on August 10th. Yeah, yeah, wow. So, uh, his first IMDb credit came in the TV series Rowan and Martin's Laughing. Mm-hmm. In 1972, he was a guest performer there yeah. for that. Yep. Which makes a lot of sense. Yep, sure does. Um, we say hello to Dean Aylesworth, who plays the old Anubis, who's all sickly and decaying. Yep. Uh, we do have a mini bio by Sean Williams. Mm-hmm. Dean Aylesworth is an actor and producer most known for his portrayal of the young William Mulder in The X-Files and of Anubis in Stargate SG-1. Mm-hmm. Dean has been featured in 14 TV series, including Stargate SG-1, The Twilight Zone, Riverdale, Supernatural, and Arrow. He has been in five feature films and seven short films, including Half-Breed. He currently spends his time acting, attending conventions and events, producing and assisting in charitable endeavors. Yep. His first IMDb credit credit came in 1994, in the TV series not Neon Writer, I can't talk today. <laughs> that might be a problem. <laughs> uh, the episode was Cowboys and Indians, and he played the character Gavin Tokia. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we also have um, Rick Kivaiho. Yep. Who plays the new Anubis. Yeah. And he's known for Andromeda, The Quest, and SG-1. Mm-hmm. That's all I got. Uh, his first IMDb credit came in 1991 in the TV series 21 Jump Street. He yeah. plays Bobby in the episode Coppin' Out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's what I got. Yeah. Nice. That's what I got. So, the original air date for this episode was February 25th and March 4th, 2005. Uh-huh. Those are U.S. dates. In the U.K., it was January 25 and February 1. Mm-hmm. Number one in the charts... For the 25th, what in the U.S. was still Let Me Love You by Mario. Yeah, wow. And then 50 Cent takes over on the 4th in March with uh-huh. Candy Shop. Yeah, and I finally like, know a song. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm still betting zero. Yeah. <laughs> um, He'll take you to the candy shop. Sure. I mean, I, I probably heard it. Mostly songs, I, many of these songs I have actually heard, but I don't identify them yeah, by name or sure. Um, 
Uh, in the UK, we were listening to some Jennifer Lopez. I recognize her name. Uh-huh, yeah. I mean, to be fair, I recognize 50 Cent, too. Yeah. But anyway, uh, she's singing Get Right. And in, in on the 4th, in the UK, they're listening to Nelly sing over and over. Yeah, I have no idea. I, uh, so Jennifer Lopez, Nelly, and Tim McGraw, I, I've heard all those names, but I have no idea about any of these songs. Over and over is playing right now, uh, but okay. I, 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 I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. All right. Well, as we're listening to Over and Over, we are also watching The Diary of a Mad Black Woman. Okay, sure. And we're watching Hitch. Uh-huh. And Constantine. Oh, yeah, I saw that movie. Yep. yep. And Cursed. Uh-huh. And Man of the House. Uh-huh. Yeah, And okay. then The Pacifier. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, uh-huh. Be Cool. Uh-huh. Hitch returns. Yeah. yeah. And then the diary of a mad black woman returns. Uh-huh. Yeah. And Million Dollar Baby used to be on the list, but wasn't on the list, and this back on the list as number five. Aha. Uh-huh. I see. Nice. And I had no way of tying those into a story. No. No. Uh what was happening at this point in time? Well, yeah. okay. On the twenty third of February, the Slovakia Summit 2005 begins. Mm-hmm. George W. Bush and Vladimir Putin attend. Yeah. And this is the first visit of a sitting president to Slovakia. Yeah. Sweet. Boy, Vladimir Putin has been president of Russia for a long time. A long time. It's been a little break there. Remember when when it was Medlashev or whatever his name was, but Putin was like still like prime minister or something ridiculous and then... And then, oh, yeah, and then, then Putin's like, no, no, I don't even need to pretend that this is a democracy anymore. <laughs> I'm just going to be president from now on, okay? Okay, thanks. Okay, yep, yep, yep. On the 26th, we have the 25th Annual Golden Raspberry Awards. Uh-huh. And Catwoman wins! Oh, yeah, yeah, that was the one, wasn't that the one where Halle Berry actually attended? I think so. She may have, may I think have. she accepted yeah. an award, that, yeah, that's right. Yeah. For her role in Catwoman. yeah. Yeah, well, you know, if you lean into it, it can oh, be good. One, she got paid, good. And two, not everything is amazing. So three, I'm glad that she was able to look at it and go, yeah, that was that was that was trash. <laughs> and and it wasn't her that was trash. No, 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 no. I mean, <laughs> she didn't write it. <laughs> yep. Nope. She didn't direct it. She 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 got paid to portray a role, and she's like. You want me to portray this? And they're like, yeah, here's your money. And she's like, okie dokie. <laughs> There's a lot of things I do because I get paid. Uh-huh. You know, that's something that we kind of look down at actors who do something just for the paycheck. I guess. And, I don't know. And well, I'm, I'm, by, by we, I'm not specifically talking about you and me. Sure. But you hear that in from a lot of, and I'm, I'm you know. Sure, I'm I'm all about art and and all of that stuff and and making something good and worthwhile. At the same time, um, we all need to eat. Yeah, sure do. <laughs> and we all need well because of the way the world works now. Whether it should or shouldn't is re- irrelevant. But we all need money yeah. in order to buy the food that we need yeah. to eat. Yeah. Um. So if you're doing it for a paycheck, hey, hey, let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, come on now. <laughs> Most of us are doing what we're doing. Yeah, for a paycheck. I mean, get off your high horse. <laughs> yeah. And, and have a laugh, which is what she did. Yes, that's right. All right, moving on. Yeah. March 1st, former Full House actor John Stamos divorces, divorces. <laughs> X-Men actress Rebecca, I can never pronounce her name. Roman Stamos. Roman, Roman Stamos. 
But now uh, it's just Rebecca Roman. Now it's just Rebecca Roman. And she's uh, not is, X-Men actress. Is, she's Star Trek uh, Strange New World She's Strange New World's actress. That's right. And she's actually quite good in that episode. Oh, in boy. That, episode, in that, that movie. whole, that whole that series movie, is that, amazing. That, that, that series. Yeah. <sighs> Can't talk. I haven't seen <laughs> season two yet of Strange New Worlds. Okay. I won't say um, anything. But it's on my list of things to do. Yep. Um, I've, uh, on some level, been waiting for um, most of it to come out so I can binge it as fast as I can. Oh, yeah. No, that's, that's, that's reasonable. Yep. Uh, on March 3rd, we have the Mayor Thorpe incident. Okay. James Roscoe murders four Royal Canadian Mounted Police Constables during a drug bust wow. in Rockfort Bridge, Alberta, and then commits suicide. Woof. It's the deadliest peacetime incident for the Royal uh, Canadian Mounted Police since 1885, uh, since the 1885 Northwest Rebellion. Dang. Wow. Yeah, I didn't know that. Nope. Um, also on March 3rd, Steve Fawcett becomes the first person to fly an airplane around the world solo without any stops, without refueling. Yeah. A journey of 40,234 kilometers, or roughly 25,000 miles, completed in 67 hours and two minutes. Yeah. That's a long time to have a catheter. Yeah. And a long time to be, like, getting your rest through, like, meditation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he probably oh. slept for a week when he got back. Oh, my gosh. Yep. And then on March 7, we have a mass protest outside the National Assembly of Kuwait building for women's voting rights in Kuwait. Yep. Um, so that's what we have at that point in time. I have some trivia. Are you interested? I am I interested. I mean, if you're not, we can just skip it. Yeah, uh, no, no, we don't have to skip it. We could, we could dive right in. It's fine. Okay, I like okay, the trivia. All right, all right, we'll dive right in. So, uh, you may have recognized the ancient weapon console um, on Dakara. It's the same uh, device that we saw in the episode Window of Opportunity, uh-huh. which caused the recurring time loop. Uh, I believe you. I don't remember it. Do you remember the episode Window of Opportunity? Uh, that was the one where, where Jack was going back in time like over and over again yeah jack and teal went looped over and over and over again yeah and and there was a guy working on an ancient time loop device um and he was pushing things on the platform and they were moving themselves and uh and all yeah, that stuff sure might need to rewatch that one but i but i yep. won't because that's the rules so we just all watch it once yep 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 uh it's a good episode in any case they took that prop <laughs> and they used it for this episode yeah um and it Assuming- works well Assuming that people like me would be like, oh, hey, that's new. <laughs> I, you know what? When I first saw this episode, I'm like, hey, that's the same type, which actually makes sense because we've got two ancient devices doing things. Yeah. No, no, I, I forgot. All right. Well, anyway, well, that's where the ancient device came from. Yep. Uh, this episode uh, marks the death of Yu Huang Shang Ti. Yeah. As he was stabbed in the chest. Uh, he was the longest-running Ghoulwold recurring character on the series so far. Yeah, yeah. His first episode in Season three's episode, Fair Game, uh, and was the last surviving major Ghoulwold from that time. Yeah, yep. Uh, with his death, Anubis and Ball are the longest-surviving major Ghoulwold. Yep. 
Uh, Ball was introduced in Season 5, Episode Summit, mm-hmm. and Anubis was first referred to by name in that same episode. Right. But we didn't see him until Revelations later. He wasn't revealed until Revelations. That's true. Um, let's see here. This is the only episode of the series to feature all three of Earth's main off-world allies, Braytac, uh, Jacob Carter, and uh, Thor. Oh, yeah, okay. That's cool. Um, I... Th- I know that there was one or two episodes that we have seen Braytag and Jacob before together. Sure. Um, trying to remember if there were episodes when Braytag or Braytag and Thor or Jacob and Thor were in the same episode. I don't recall. Um, off the top of my head. Yeah, anyway. I don't remember. Uh, this um, is this in in this episode in both these episodes. Uh, Richard Dean Anderson and Michael Shanks do not share a scene together at all. Huh. Okay. Um, and, uh, we haven't had a Peter DeLuise sighting in a while, um, and I missed it, but he is one of the soldiers holding a gun on Ball's hologram when he and Jack uh. first speak. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then we have, uh, several, so like at the end of the second episode, when the gate is opening up to all of the gates, we show a few of them. So the first, uh, is Dakara, obviously. Uh, then we've got Juna which is from the episode Double Jeopardy, Chulak, which is from the episode Family, Vias from the episode Past and Present, Hadante from the episode Prisoners, Unnamed Planet in the episode Forever in a Day, uh, PJ2445 from the episode One False Set, although this shot was flipped horizontally. Uh-huh. And then obviously Stargate Command. So what you're telling me is that this episode's a clip show. This episode does have some clips in it. Yeah. Also... It's worth noting that um, when the uh, replicators attack the SGC, most of the clips of the replicators charging in on people, especially down the hallways, yeah, are reuses from old episodes. I mean, because you know, when one when one Lego bot attacks you, then you might as well just keep reusing it because it's going to look exactly the same over and over again. Well, it's also really expensive. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and. This is near the end of the season, and they have a large budget coming. I mean, already in this episode, even with what they did have for special effects in this episode, it was a lot. Yep. So, save when they can. Also, I learned that Tony Amendola had his birthday during filming of this episode. Hey, that's nice. And the whole cast and crew celebrated his birthday with a song and a cake and all of that stuff uh, for him. That's fun. Uh, these episodes in other languages, the titles, the French call it The Last Chance, the Russians, no, I don't have the Russian, I have Italian, which is The Reckoning, Spanish, Moment of Truth. Mm-hmm. Uh, check The Last Fight. Oh, okay, no more fights. Yeah, no more fights after this. <laughs> and the, the Germans and the Hungarians both call it Reckoning. Oh, that's a bummer. I was hoping the Germans would be like, Replicard is gone. You know, well, the Czech beat him to it with The Last Fight. <laughs> for some <laughs> for some and not others no, All right. not others well, yep. are you ready for the synopsis of these two episodes yeah let's dive into this I actually had time to write the synopsis yeah okay exciting we've got a Zach original here mostly original <laughs> <Okay>. you <laughs> what not you but you uh, okay. and a the last remaining system lords are losing their war against Ball. 
One of his lieutenants has arrived to give them one last offer. Surrender, and you will be able to administer your current domain under Ball. Refuse, and you will be destroyed. But before you can respond, a surprise arrives. Samantha Carter was captured by two of Ball's co-warriors. What? Yes! The lieutenant, uh, this is like the gold lieutenant, believes that you and the SGC have been working together, but everyone is surprised when Samantha Carter, when her arm turns into a giant sword and she stabs the system lord dead. Oh no! She then turns and prepares to eliminate everyone else in that room. Oh no. I went deep there because it was all slow motion. All it's, slow motion. It's replicator. <laughs> the replicators have begun to advance on the Gua Wold in oh, the Milky no! Way. Oh no! Someplace else in the galaxy, a Hatak orders a planet. In command orbits. are You said what? orders. A Hatak Orbit. orbits a planet. Orbits. Sorry. That's okay. I, I did say earlier that I couldn't talk today. <laughs> <laughs> I don't anticipate that getting any better. <laughs> All right. Someplace else in the galaxy, a Hatak orbits a planet. <laughs> yes. Is that better? Yes, that is, that's, that's perfect. Okay. In command are Braytek and Teal'c. Joining them as observers are Colonel Samantha Carter, the real one, yeah. and Dr. Jackson. They are waiting for Ragnar to arrive in another ship before they take on some of Ball's forces. Now, this is a significant battle for the fragile Frigifab Rebellion, but Ragnar has not arrived yet, and the odds of trying to engage this battle alone is not in their favor. Of course, the odds are never in their favor, so there's that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the enemy, Hatak, arrives, and the battle begins, and it does not go well for our heroes. It's time to flee the ship to the planet below to escape via the Stargate. And then they realize that their ship has been boarded by replicators. Oh, no. This is bad. This is really, really bad. Our heroes begin their retreat when suddenly Daniel Jackson is beamed away by the replicators. Daniel. The Stargate opens at the SGC, but it's not our heroes. Instead, it's the Tok'ra Jacob Carter. He's not in a very good mood and has come with dire news. He informs General O'Neill that the replicators have launched a galaxy-wide attack on the Gua Wuld. If nothing changes, the Gua Wuld will be defeated in a matter of weeks, mm. and the scourge that is the replicators will have devoured the Milky Way. That's, that's, that's intense. That is really intense. Actually, it's in space. It's not intense. Oh, my mistake. We're not camping. Daniel Jackson will be in a tent later. Yeah, okay. Oh, right. God. Yeah, more than one, actually. He'll be intense. It'll be intense. Anyway, Jacob brought with him a device that allows them to track in real time the ghoul-wooled vessels across the galaxy. They watch in shock and horror as one by one those dots quickly and decisively disappear. Boop. Yep. Boop. Admittedly, Jack has some mixed feelings on the demise of the ghoul-wooled. Not long later, the Stargate opens again, and this time it is Teal'c and Carter and Braytag. Jack makes a note of the fact that they are missing one of their team members. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Samantha surmises that Replicator took Daniel because Daniel, as a former ascended being, has potentially some information in his subconscious that might be used to 
find a means and method of destroying the replicators. I mean, after all, the replicator disintegration gun that they had that isn't working anymore came from ancient knowledge, too. So, you know, it makes sense. Mm -hmm. So, in the conference room conferencing, we learn that the replicator attack and swift defeat of Gould forces has had a negative impact on the Free Jaffa movement. Many of the Jaffa who had pledged their loyalty to the Free Jaffa are now returning their loyalty to their old gods because they see this as a punishment for their betrayal. If something isn't done soon, everything Teal'c and Braytech and others have done for nearly a decade will be destroyed. Mm -hmm. In addition, Thor has not had much luck in getting their replicator disintegration gun working again. So, Teal'c and Braytech will work to regain lost ground among the Jaffa. Sam will work with Thor to fix the weapon. Jack and Jacob will talk tactics. So, Teal'c and Braytech are discussing what they can do. They decide there is only one option. They must capture Dakara. Dakara is the holiest of the holy sites for all Jaffa. It is heavily defended by Baal's forces, but with the replicator threat, Baal's forces have been called to the front lines. This gives them a small window that they could probably overwhelm, maybe, possibly, we'll see, Baal's forces at Dakara. And if they can to take Dakara, they will once again ignite the burning for freedom in the hearts of all Jaffa. Uh-huh. That's not really how hearts and minds work, but it's a story, so we just keep going. Anyway, so what happened to Daniel? Well, that's what we're going to find out right now. Replicarder has him trapped in that tiny little room aboard her really big replicator ship. He has something that she wants, and he's very happy to give it. Just, just ask and it's yours. Here you go. Please don't stick your hand in my head. Unfortunately, it's not that simple. The room grabs hold of Daniel and holds him against the wall. And Replicator steps forward to begin her search of his subconscious. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, yes. On Chulak, Teal'c and Braytek persuade the rebellion leadership to attack Dakara. There are concerns. If it, this fails, it will mean the end of the rebellion. But they don't really have a choice. So let's go do this thing. That's what they do. Jacob and Jack are talking tactics. Jacob believes that they need to work with Ball against the replicators. Ball needs to consolidate his forces. But Jack realizes that if Ball did that, he'd likely fall back to and consolidate his forces to Dakara. And since the Jaffa kind of need Ball occupied for their plan to work, Jack is unwilling to go with Jacob's idea. Soon they receive an incoming wormhole, but there is no IDC. And, but they do receive a very nice visit from Hollow Ball. Hollowball wants a wants Tauri help. Jack <laughs> gloats a little. Jacob tries to convince Ball to retreat and consolidate his forces. Jack stops him and plainly refuses to help the system lord. Uh-huh. Then the rebel Jaffa attack Dakara. There's only yeah. one like one ship there, so it should be fine. No big yeah, deal. No big deal. Daniel is strangely visited by Oma Dasala. You're going to die soon. But You're going to die. Sorry. Sorry. No, 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 no. It is, this, this is. <laughs> This is calm. Oh. You're gonna die. <laughs> a little less threatening. Okay, a lot less threatening. You're gonna die soon. <laughs> no, that's worse. <laughs> Shall I continue? Yes, please. <laughs> You're gonna die soon, Daniel. But I can help you ascend again if you want to. Well, actually, you can ascend yourself. You just need to look inward and trust that your subconscious holds the means 
of your own ascension. When we see Baal approaching, we then see Baal approaching a throne. Oh, look at that. It's Anubis. He's back. Oh, hey, Yay. hey, hey, Anu- hey, Anubis. Uh, Baal is working for Anubis. Great. This yeah. is just Super right. great. Great. Uh, yep. This is great. Anubis looks pretty ghastly, though. Uh, but don't worry, because there's another host for him to inhabit real soon. Whoop, there he is. Oh, look at that. Also, I mean, can I interrupt real quick? Yes. Uh, frankly, Anubis looked more ghastly in his previous appearances. He looked a lot more corporeal now, though that corporeal was pustulant. Do you want to tell the story or do you want me no, to? No, no, no. Carry on. Carry on. Carry on. I'm just. Okay. Just had to say that. Also, there is a weapon that can defeat the replicators, but it's on Dakara. So, Ball, go and retake Dakara. Convenient. Very convenient. Sam and Thor are able to get the replicator disintegration gun working again. Woohoo! Mm-hmm. But they will need to test it. Okay, that makes sense. So, Thor flies the ship to some isolated replicator ships to test the weapon, and he goes, bang! And it works perfectly, just like a charm. However, other replicators show up, and like the Borg, the replicators adapt quickly. Drat. But they can fix it. But that won't be very effective because if they can only shoot it once and then they have to try to fix it and, and they shoot it once. Uh, the, uh, yeah, okay. Also, uh, Thor's ship gets infested by replicators. So uh-huh. he's able to get Sam back to Earth safely, which is good. And then he flies the ship as far away as possible and hopes that he can, I don't know, save himself. Yeah. Yep. On Dakara. They learn that Ball is heading their way. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, uh, yes. Taking Dakara was merely the first step. Now the rebel Jaffa prepare for the really hard task, defending the planet. Yes. Back in Daniel's world, he realizes that Oma isn't Oma. Oma is Replicator! Oh, no! Oh, yes! But she's happy. She has extracted from his mind the one thing in the galaxy that can harm her, a weapon... On Dakara! It all comes back to Dakara! It is. Back at the SGC, Master Sergeant Sylvester Seiler and Master Sergeant Walter Harriman are <laughs> nervously hosting an unamused ball, waiting, a uh, hollow ball, to be precise, yes. uh, awaiting Jack. A uh, hollow ball informs Jack that he has learned of a weapon hidden on Dakara and wants Jack to destroy it before he can claim it because. It is capable of destroying all life in the galaxy. Well, not only that, there's also someone who would actually want to use that weapon. His name's Anubis. No, no! Oh, yes. To be continued. Ah, no! Oh, yes. A good thing we watched part two. Yes, all right. In order to destroy the all-life annihilator, they first need to find it. Sam and Jacob go to Dakara to look for it. And eventually, they discover how to unlock the code to open the ancient door, and sure enough, there's the control system for the weapon. Before they nuke the weapon, however, Jacob realizes that this weapon may be able to be modified to defeat just the replicators. Uh Uh-huh. But the range of the device is not large enough to get all the replicators at once. Unless, unless they use the Stargate to dial all the Stargates at once, it's been done before. Uh Uh-huh. But to do that, they will need assistance from... Ball. Oh, no. Oh, boy. Just what we wanted. Sam talks to Teal'c, and Teal'c talks to Ball, and Ball tells him to surrender, uh, or blow up the super weapon first, and then surrender. Uh, Teal'c suggests that blowing up the weapon would be a bad idea right now, and so Ball decides to assist them, at least for now. Yeah. Hollow Ball then appears on Dakara with Sam and Jacob. 
He gives Sam the directions to reprogram the Dakar Stargate, and he's also an insufferable big fat jerk to Jacob. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and in order to get to use the weapon against the replicators and not all life in the galaxy, they need to modify the chart that looks like this to look like that with a variance no more than 0.76%. 76% is the target range, because if we don't do that, we will die. And then if we and do if you sing not any more of that song, any, we will get slapped with some copyright infringement laws. <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm pretty sure that counts as parody fair use. Okay. <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> All right. The replicators are capturing more and more of the galaxy. Replicator continues to mine Jackson's mind for more ascended knowledge. Uh-huh, but it's uh-huh. a challenge. There's so much, you know, how much is an infinite knowledge of the universe? Yeah, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot. It's too much for even Replicator. Mm-hmm. The Replicators attack the SGC. They open the wormhole and send a signal that opens the iris. Well, that's rude. Not even mm-hmm. Master Sergeant oh Walter Radar Harriman can get that iris closed. Oh, this no. Is, oh, yes. This is bad news, Brent. Oh, yes, it is. And so begins the battle against the replicators on Earth. Mm-hmm. The replicator af- r- fleet arrives at Dakara. Ball's forces, along with the rebel Jaffa, try to hold them off. Then a big, giant spider ship lands uh, between the Stargate and the temple on Dakara. Yep. This is getting bad. Yes, sure decides to blow up the mountain. Yeah. Most of the personnel are able to escape the mountain, but Siler and a few others get trapped. Oh, no. O'Neill and Colonel Reynolds untraps them by blasting a hole through a blast door. Whoa. Don't forget, use two points, two parts C4, otherwise, because, you know, it's a, it's a blast, blast door. door. Yeah. Uh, by the way, that was a joke that Peter DeLuise had used in a previous episode, but it got cut, and so he was bringing it back. <laughs> Look, it's a good joke, okay? <laughs> it's a good joke. We gotta use it. And then the replicators prevent them from s- escaping from the mountain. Oh, this no. is a problem. They only have one option, that's to get to the gate and defend it to escape that way. And then the people on the surface can drop a nuke down the silo to blow up the mountain. Yeah. This will be perfect. Jacob and Sam are making progress, but they are running out of time. The replicators are bearing down on their position. Suddenly, Replicator is surprised. Daniel has been working in her mind as she was digging around in his. Oh, no. And now, oh, yeah. <laughs> and now he's taken control of the replicators. They all stop across the galaxy. Mm-hmm. Replicator tries to break free, but we're in Danny's world now. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Still, he can't control all the replicators for very long. There are simply too many of them. Replicator eventually regains control and the bugs resume their attack. She mm-hmm. pulls Daniel out of his mind and into the real world and then stabs him through the chest. Oh, my goodness. Daniel no. collapses onto the floor, bleeding out. I, uh, yeah. Uh. But Daniel's efforts give Jacob the extra seconds he needs. He gets the weapon modified to within tolerance and activates the weapon by hitting the button. Yeah. <laughs> All the gates across the galaxy open at once, and a shockwave from the weapon ripples out. Yeah. The replicators on Dakara are eliminated. The replicators on the various ships are eliminated. Replicator and her ship 
are eliminated. Daniel! The replicators everywhere are gone. With the replicator threat neutralized, Ball immediately turns on his former allies. The rebel Jaffa must surrender, but he is utterly surprised when Braytek and a contingent of rebel Jaffa storm his Peltec. Ah! With things not looking for Ball, he disappears with the use of an Asgard transporter. Dang it! Threat. And with word of Ball's retreat spreading across the galaxy, suddenly the Jaffa rebellion has has tipped the tide. Okay. Yes, Jaffa everywhere are abandoning their old gods in favor of freedom! 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 The SGC receives a message that Thor had survived by transferring his mind to uh, his ship's computer and was getting it back to where it needs to go so he get a new clone body, get his brain downloaded, a new body. It'll be all fine. It's fine. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. I just imagine one day he goes, you know what? This clone body... The left arm is just a hair shorter than the right arm. Can we fix that? <laughs> sure. Just put yourself in mortal peril and we'll just download you again. Okay. <laughs> He'll come to say hello once he's get his, got, got his new threads on. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, but not everyone is celebrating. Daniel is still missing. He's probably dead. Oh, no. Carter fears the worst. But O'Neill holds on to the tiniest thread of hope. Yeah. Yes, yep. I used thread twice in two different sentences. Uh-huh. Because. Uh-huh. The end. The end. All right, Brent. Yeah. Reckoning. Parts yeah. one and two. What'd yeah. you think? I, uh, hmm, hmm, hmm. I, I, part of me worries that I might be giving people heart attacks because of the long pauses and such. Um, uh, I, yeah. It we feels like I was- opinion. I, I, it feels like I was watching two things in, in, in not just two episodes. I thought that there was like two things happening here. On one hand, uh, I was like super duper duper invested in this story and just like and like what happens next and what's going to happen. Even though I kind of saw all of what happened being telegraphed, like in no way was anything really that surprising. Everything worked out as it sort of should. Um uh, even still, I was just like, okay, well, this is exciting, and it, and 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 it persisted, and 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 you know, it, I thought that the first episode kind of started a little bit sluggishly, but then by the time we were in that second episode, I mean, it was cooking, and I and I was having a lot of fun. But then also, like, did I miss an episode somewhere in there, Zach, or did I like completely forget some things? Because it sure seemed like there was a whole lot of weird information that suddenly showed up and everyone's like yeah this has been the way it's always been and i'm like oh okay and uh there was also a little bit of like flat-footed acting that was happening in the first half of the first episode that that just kind of went away after a little bit so i didn't really hold it against it too much but i definitely noticed it that's why i kind of mockingly imitated uh uh amanda tapping's uh daniel when he got <laughs> like slurped up when the replicators attacked yep, yep. um that just felt like a take like that wasn't her best and they somehow used it <laughs> and i'm like oh dear <laughs> like i'm pretty sure that she was just saying the line because they wanted to get the blocking in that somehow that was the one they used um yeah <laughs> uh, nope. but uh specifically with anubis did i miss something every time we saw anubis he was completely shrouded and then the last time that we saw anubis he was like a ghost figure thing and but in his robes 
And never once did I remember actually seeing the face of Anubis until just now. And even then it was all pustular. And then he immediately transfers body to the point that I was actually really surprised when you were reading through the guest actors to learn that like the guy that I saw the face of for 45 seconds and whose glamour shot I have with the signature on it <laughs> has no, been. I, I think I think it's a different guy. You, 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 the glamour shot you have is from somebody else. No, I don't think that's I don't think that's this guy. It, it's definitely the pustule uh, 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 Anubis for sure. Like. And it's from Dean. What's his face? Like for sure. <laughs> like all right. I'd have. To, I'd, all right. So so let me let me walk you through this. A little yeah. Bit. So uh, we first meet Anubis, and he's in that dark cloak, and yeah. you know we don't know. Uh, we learn that he's a half ascended yes. being. Um, and then in the battle at Antarctica, his ship is destroyed. Yes. His uh, cloak and uh, protective suit is destroyed. Yes. And so he's living kind of as energy, yeah, for lack of a better term. Sure. There. Uh, he hitches a ride with a cosmonaut. Yep. Back to Earth. Yep. And he is transferring from person to person. Yep. As this cosmonaut. Yep. Um, or, escapes well, through not, the gate. Escape, and then he escapes through the gate. He escapes. But on like an ice, ice planet. Onto an ice planet. <laughs> yeah. Um. That's actually the last time we see him. It's unclear precisely what happens next. We don't know. Um, so this is a surprise because in this episode, when we see Anubis, um, what we are seeing is, um, you know, like, okay, so somehow he got off of that frozen planet. Yeah. Um, you know, did he use his ascended powers to do that? We don't know. Did a Guawuld, you know, research vessel or somebody else's research vessel happen upon uh, that frozen planet and find him and then he's able to hitch a ride with somebody else? We don't know. Right. All we know is that here he is again. So something happened in the story that got Anubis off of that frozen planet. And now once he gets off of that frozen planet, it makes total sense that he would try to stay under the radar and go to where the power is being manifest, which would be Ball. Right. And kind of start tugging on Ball's uh, strings. Uh-huh. Uh, let Ball his threads. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> <clears throat> anyway. Sorry. Yeah, that's fine. Um, uh, you know, tugging on that, con- controlling things uh, kind of in the background. Yeah. Uh, so that makes a lot of sense to me. But how does he get off of that frozen planet? We don't know. And it's never explained. Well, uh, the, and then the other thing is that I'm not sure that I would have recognized him by his, like, robes. Like, I, maybe that's just me, but, like, I always watch these episodes with the subtitles on so I don't miss anything. Right. Especially because as people are kind of talking fast and they'll sometimes use phrases and they're like, what, what are they saying? Um, <clears throat> so I knew it was Anubis because the subtitle said Anubis colon stuff. <laughs> 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 and then his line... And, 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 you know, okay. All right. That's, that's cool. I, I don't, I wasn't like super duper hung up on it, but the thing that I was getting hung up on was that he was in corporeal form. Now, I suppose that if I had been paying very close attention, as you mentioned, I forgot about the, um, got blowed up, hitched a ride on a cosmonaut, hopped around bodies, then was deposited, uh, into a frozen 
land until you started talking about it. Mm-hmm. Then I'm like, oh yeah, that's that is what happened. But um, yeah, I don't know. It just it just felt so, a little out of place, or not I'm out of trying, place, but just like weird. Yeah, I'm trying to remember way back to when I watched this episode the first time, um, and I can't recall if I recognize that as Anubis from the get go. And it doesn't matter because he hops matter. bodies like 45 seconds later. It's just well. I mean, I think probably when when you have one guy who is disfigured and, you know, disintegrating and then you saw the energy move from one to the other, I don't remember if if his name is if he's named Anubis at that point in time by Ball or somebody else. Yeah. But I think at that point in time is probably when my first watch definitively um recognized it as Anubis. Though even so, from before, you had kind of a guy in a dark cloak with right. a hood on, right. and his face is melting off, which is reminiscent from what exa- exactly what happened um, in in that episode at the beginning yeah. of the season when, when we, we had, um, yeah, all that going on. So, um, there you go. Anubis. There's Anubis. So... Yep. There was a little bit of clonky clonk in the first half of the first episode. Then there was that thing where it, you know, it it definitely got my wheels spinning, but not paying attention to the story. But it kind of didn't matter. The story was so, um, I was about to say the story was so gripping, and that's technically true. But like it again, like in no way was it really a, a, a like a surprising story. It just was all very straightforward. That that the replicators were suddenly everywhere was, um technically surprise information but on and also you know difficult to comprehend how that happened but on the other other hand it's it's like you know i don't know like okay you whoop you do they're everywhere uh and they're defeating the ghoul and 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 in no way did i feel like uh humanity was at the kind of risk that the episode was implying maybe because i know there's another couple seasons but also just i don't know it just felt it didn't quite feel like that's the direction that the episode was going in so in that in that respect, it should feel um, almost melodramatic that that the stakes on paper are super duper high, but never once did I actually feel like they were as high as they were being portended to be. But on the other hand, still, um, I somehow didn't care because I was really having a good time with the with the with the episode. Uh, same thing with the Jaffa uh, attack on Takara. Like on one hand, it's like being purported to be this huge battle, and then. The next thing we see, it's everybody, you know, like fresh and clean from like an Old Spice commercial, shaking each other's <laughs> hands, talking about how good of a job they did. Um, you know, like, like it just the threat just didn't feel very strong. One of the things is I'm kind of talking about it. It it felt this. OK, so I'll say what I'm about what I'm thinking and it's going to be harsh, but I might need to back it off a little bit. It feels a little bit like uh the actors are, for no bad reasons, taking advantage of the fact that they worked really hard on these characters and now they can kind of just coast a little bit. Because while everybody was, you know, they, they were all in their characters, like, as I'm kind of thinking about it, everyone just, it, it, everyone just kind of felt a little bit flat, which is weird because this episode had so much going on and it was so intense um, but like, you know, Samantha Carter's Daniel, when he gets slurped up, um, mm-hmm. 
the 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 majority of Michael Shanks's portrayal is just standing in front of an actor in that tent, uh, looking really stern, like with a real you know with a close up on his on his on his face, like like there wasn't a whole lot going on there. I mean, yeah, he did get stabby stabbed, but like. Most of the episode was just him just being like, mm, mm, mm. Um, most of the episode of Chris Judge was him, you know, looking mildly triumphant. Yes, we have succeeded, but uh, but but now we need to succeed some more. Um, most of the episode was, uh, uh, I guess, Richard Dean Anderson had a good, what, five, ten minutes of shooting things. So that's better. Uh, but a good amount of it was, you know, him being the general, like, you know, having to, 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 to sit at his desk and listen to a parade of people tell him what's up to the point of that. It looked like the shots where those scenes had taken place, the specific ones in his office, where they just kind of they just kind of ran everybody through like, OK, all right. Now, uh, Tony and uh, 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 Chris, you guys get in makeup and now you go stand in front of the desk and you run your lines. Great. Uh, Amanda, you get in makeup and now you stand in front of the desk and run your lines. Great. Uh, you know, like it kind of felt like a, a like a like a revolving door in that respect. Uh, so the the components felt uh, felt off, like it just felt felt flat, felt didn't feel like it was invigorated. And yet I watched this whole show, these whole two episodes, um, understanding that I knew exactly where the solution was going to come from. In the form of this, like, you know, why on earth does the do the ancients have a destroy everything button? Um, <laughs> I, you know, I don't know. That's weird. But, you know, like, but will 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 our heroes end up uh, destroying everything? Surely not. Will it end up in the wrong hands? Maybe, but probably not. Um, will they end up destroying it? Maybe. Will they end up figuring it out? Probably. And what do they figure it out to within 0.76% of the like exactly, you know, like, like. Not even throwing us a bone and having like 0.73. Oh, hey, we got a few extra. Good. Make it happen. Um, like I was I was just enthralled and, and enjoying it a lot. Like I watched this thing. I was really enjoying it. And as I talk it through, I don't I shouldn't have enjoyed it. Not like <laughs> not like not like bad. But on the same token, it's like, no, these these little things are these things are nitpicks of mine. They they detract from the story. They take you away from it. Um, I can only imagine just how mind melting this thing would have been if what I perceived as the performances had been like like a plus stuff all the way through. Like if it was if it was hitting the marks, if if everybody was just like energetic and inside their characters, and if the story had been written maybe just tiny bit differently in some spots, so that what felt like weird jumps might have been better smoothed over or maybe you know like some of that stuff might have been a little rough uh which you know hearing that this was damian kindler on one hand i'm surprised i was so engrossed in the story and on the other hand it's like no no this felt very a to b to c to d like again um so there you go but it feels like if it had been done a little bit like i might have just been like zach did i just witness like some this was this was glorious magic and so it wasn't glorious magic but I really did like it a lot. And I think that just has to do with that. A great number of things seem to be coming to a head here. Oh, another kind of annoying thing is like, you know, Thor dies again, but is going to be downloaded again. Daniel Jackson died again. Like, I mean, spoiler, 
you, you, you do enough, uh, you, you do five years worth of podcasts and eventually, and you get close enough to the end of the, of the run and eventually you realize, no, no, I'm pretty sure, uh, Michael Shanks's face is on, uh, some, some, some box sets for seasons nine and 10. I'm not actually convinced this time, but you know, but they kind of didn't, they, they set it up as, you know, they set it up. Okay. In the form of like, you're going to die. Uh, do you want to ascend or not? Um, but how does he come back? That's going to be fun, at least to see. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. There's like so many clonk, clonk, bonk, bonk moments all over the place. But yet somehow I'm just like, yeah, 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 whatever. I'm having a fun time with it. So, yeah, I really, I really enjoyed it. I had a fun time with this episode. I'm not exactly sure other than the story that I should have had as much fun as I did, but I did. So there it is. What about you? What do you think about this one? Yeah. Um. I, I I always find it fascinating to listen to what you think about this episode. Yeah. Um, much of what you just talked about there um, um, verbalizes a lot of my feelings. Uh-huh. I like this episode. It's a good episode. It's it's a fun episode. It takes you from that point to that point, and, and it keeps you engrossed. Yeah. Um, at the same time, I totally hear what you're saying, that there are some places... Uh, particularly Daniel, which is yeah. it's like Amanda Tapping can do better than that. Oh, she and she do probably way better. had yeah. a better take than that, but yeah. they used that one. Yeah. Um, uh, it, so what's going on there? I don't know. Um, I, I thought that uh, Daniel Jackson's, you know, face acting was, uh, I would give him a bigger pass on that than, than you apparently are doing that. Uh, no, it's, no, no. It's it, not, wasn't, it wasn't bad. It just that's all he did. That's true. Um, and as I was actually was listening to the commentary, and uh, that was, I mean, you can argue whether it was a good or bad choice, um, but uh, that was a choice that Peter DeLuise did uh, to kind of signal that, that uh, you know, he was stuck in his own mind. You know, he was stuck, and so he couldn't, he wasn't moving. That, that's... That's where the creative energies there was going. You can say you like it or don't like it. Yeah, but I get that, it, and I w- didn't like it. But yeah, yeah but, but at least I understand where he's, where he's coming from. Right. Um, we've talked about this before with Damien Kindler, and you actually made a mention of it. This is a very A to B to C to D script. Yes. Uh, everything. And, you know, the things that he is introducing in B are convenient that we're introducing it in B because in C it's going to be really important. Right, right. Um, you know, the whole Dakara thing. Um, it, it's, you know, well, we need to re-energize the Jaffa. Let's yeah. take Dakara. Yeah. Uh, that, that's analogous to the the uh, the Crusades saying, let's retake Jerusalem. Sure, but worse, um, because at least we had heard about what Jerusalem was before. Yeah, we. I mean, you know, but in this situation, she's like, oh, so, so you're saying that, that, I mean, while we have learned that the Jaffa have sort of a singular culture, they also have individual cultures within the realms of their particular ghoul that they're following. Mm-hmm. Um, and now you're saying that there is one overarching uh, Dakara, holiest of holies for all Jaffa that that matters to all of Jaffa and all of the Guawuld who are uh, megalomaniacal, uh, you know, are okay with it? Right. I mean, you just kind of have to run with it. Uh, it's, you know, the fact that um, 
Dakara is the place where the Jaffa need to be, and it happens to be the place right. where you know the ancient weapon is. Now, all of this is actually plausible. It's plausible. It, it, it's definitely, especially in the realm of Stargate that we've seen so far. Right? But it's um, flat. It, it's it's very flat. It is yeah. just kind of right there. Um, but there's also there's something about this episode that's just fun to watch. Yeah, yeah. Um, one of the things that I as I was thinking as you were talking is that I think part of the flatness comes in that, um, and I noticed this as I was typing out the synopsis, is that there are no protracted scenes in this. Mm, it's like, yeah. boom, boom, yeah. boom, boom, and you're moving. And, and so we don't get much more than a close-up of Teal'c on his Peltec with the control yeah. systems yeah, going, yeah. there is danger here. Yes. Which it matters a lot for the storyline. But it is so hard, especially when you don't film these things in any type of continuity. And, you know, what, is, what does Chris Judge have? He's got a background. He's got this funny thing in front of him and a camera in his face. Well, the, the, you, know, uh, you know, I'll call it this. The first battle of Dakara was cut completely. Like, we didn't see a thing. It was. It was. Now, this also kind of reminds me of, I mean, like, the story that was being told here is an epic galaxy-wide story oh, yeah. between three forces. Yeah, yeah. Right? The Gua'uld, the Replicators, and our heroes. Yes. Uh, there are several layers of our heroes, but I'll just limit it to that. Um, and on one level, and so like, if I step back and I watch that galactic battle unfold, you're like, wow. Yeah, oh yeah. Um, and so then I'm reminded of trying to do mass combat rules in any RPG. Mm-hmm. Um, how often, Brent, you and I have done a lot of role-playing in the past. Yeah. Uh, how often do we do mass combat stuff? As in, like, swarms? Well, as in, like, we're imagining that the Battle of Genosis is happening... And we are one team of stormtroopers or one team of oh. rebels doing stuff. Uh, it's rare. And it's even very then, rare. Uh, if we try anything like that, we usually, like, within our RPGs, we'll focus it in on, like, the actions of what we got going. You know, in the midst of a battle, there is this thing that we are doing. Yes. Um, and that's kind of what we're seeing in this episode, right? In the midst of all of this stuff... We're focusing in on what is Daniel doing? Uh-huh. What is Samantha yeah. doing? What is Teal'c doing? Um, and <laughs> and the pacing, the pacing is almost like initiative. Okay, Teal'c, your turn. What do you do? Well, yes! uh, I uh, decide. So let me uh, let me let me pilot the the the, the my ship. Okay. <laughs> so wait, piloting. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> what what what's been going on right now? Yeah. Right. <laughs> I need to understand. I need to get this picture in my mind. Okay, so so I am being shot at by ships. I need to uh, retreat, put all energy into the sub-light engines, and get out of here. Yeah, roll mechanics. And, and, all right. Okay. Um, oh, you got inspiration. Roll again. Yeah. Um, you know, it, 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 it's just, uh, it, it, what, my, my, my frustration with this episode, that's not the right word. Uh, is that it separates all of our heroes into different spots so that, like, Samantha and Jacob are doing their thing over here. 
and that's important. But then Teal'c is doing his thing over here, and frankly, that's not important. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's important that what he's doing happens in the story of the grand story, but we don't really care that his ship is nearly destroyed and he has to bank left. You're correct. We don't care. The only reason that Teal'c is there is because in the grand scheme of, of uh, the Jaffa Rebellion, Teal'c should be piloting one of those ships. Yeah. Um, but what he does is irrelevant. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Uh, to the story that's being told here. Um, because the ship survives. He survives. I mean, you know, even, a- even after he loses his shields and has to roll right, uh, he's fine. Yep. He's fine for another 15 minutes of story. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we don't hear if he got his shields back up. You know, did he reroute power from the replicators? And I'm talking about the replicators that give you food, not the replicators that try to kill you. <laughs> Wait a minute. That's been our solution all along. Just power down the replicators, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> oh, exactly. No, um, here it is. You know, uh, we, we have Jack fighting the replicators and then having to deal with Siler being trapped. Why was Siler trapped? Well, because it literally gave Jack O'Neill something to do. Yeah, kinda. That was the only reason it happened in the story. Now, was it interesting? Yes. Yeah, was sure. It fun? You know, sure. You sure. know, I mean, did you get did you get to have a a tense battle between O'Neill and his forces and the replicators that are swarming things? Yeah, sure. It all happened. It was good. Um. So what I'm what I, what I experienced in this episode is, and and this is where I think that it it could have been better. Um. We tried to have all of our heroes in different places affecting different elements of, of the story. And so we didn't really get to hear Daniel's story. We didn't really get to hear Samantha's story or Teal's story. Um, we got to see some of the things that they did, but we didn't get to hear their story. We didn't get to follow their story. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we had a, an excellent epic battle. And it was exciting. And you're right. It wasn't really any left turns that got you going like, whoa, well, now what are we going to do? I mean, it was just kind of an A to B to C to D. And, you know, everything you expected to happen would be happening. Um, But, I mean, it it followed you and you did that. But we didn't get to see our heroes uh, tell a story about themselves. And that's where I think this episode falls flat. I am reminded that... Um, storytelling did not always have the hero's journey, right? Um, that, especially when it comes to uh, epics, that that for a very long time in our storytelling of epic, uh, our heroes are basically infallible. They don't grow. They just do. And the best heroes do and do and do and do and do. And so the joy in those stories is not about the growth of your character, but hearing exactly just how they kicked the butt of that bad guy. And between that frame and another just delightful storytelling activity that I take place in regularly, and Zach, you do too, and many of our listeners probably have as well, bringing it back to RPGs. Mm-hmm. When you have a battle that lasts three sessions uh, and is taxing 
and is tough, but is one, especially because of the clever use of the abilities of what each player has. That is a delightful experience. Is it a story? No, it's an event. It's not a story. And so I think that's how I'm reconciling how I didn't know quite how to justify the positive feelings that I have about this. This pair of episodes, I think, is best viewed as an event. And no, there is no story. There is no following game. There could have been wonderful stories. So sorry, I'm going to I'm going to back it up one more level uh, and then I'm going to keep going. I swear. Um, I. <laughs> I hadn't seen, you know, recently the internet's all abuzz kind of recently with, with tier, with tier list of things. I, you know, I, 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 I'm, I know that this is a few years old or maybe older, but whatever. I hadn't seen it until a couple years ago. And, um, you know, a isn't the best S is right. Um, I, I presume S stands for superior or whatever, but the point is, is that I think what they had here was a story, a galactic wide story that, uh, moved many important things forward and resolved some important things satisfactorily in a way that kind of brings it all together. I think they had an S-class idea for a story here. Like, just brilliant idea for a story. And, you know, uh, and a lot of the, of, the, of the nodes of this story present in that S-class thing. I think that the writing of it was more like B. It wasn't bad, but it wasn't good. And it certainly wasn't superior. But as a result, it technically was kind of dragging things down a little bit because it went from A to B to C to D. Very, very just straightforward. I think our acting was like A tier. I think we've seen each actor be able to get into the S tier from time to time. But, you know, they, they, they weren't bad at all. It's just that because of the B tier story, they really couldn't bring their A class chops. I think the directing was also probably like B tier. It wasn't bad, but it was dot da dot da dot da dot da dot da dot da. It was it was thing 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 thing. But I enjoyed it tremendously, and I think it tickled the same parts of my mind that enjoys seeing how the pieces come together with friends around the table, cleverly using the skills, the talents, the abilities, and just luck sometimes to create a situation where our heroes end up winning. And I kind of saw how it was going to go all along the way. You sit around the table with your friends long enough and you know how these battles are going to go. The characters have their go to moves. They work really, really well. But what ends up happening in those exquisite moments is that your rogue friend who absolutely is going to be hanging off of the ceiling invisible and shooting 90 damage shots because that's <laughs> what she does now uh, yep. suddenly gets spotted. But instead of like actually like rolling a uh, you know natural 20 on the hide uh, somehow uses that moment to distract your enemy so that your dragon friend who is absolutely going to be just flying around using his uh intimidate because that's what he does can actually land some like surprise blows on the guy and allow your cleric to ha- to pop off some heels because that's what he does but uh using a particular item in an extremely clever way so that there creates this moment where your monk who's going to do a flurry of blows because that's what she does is able to get the guy actually on his back you know you know what i mean like it all f- suddenly kind of clump like clicks together in in wonderful ways And you're not exactly sure how the things are going to click together, but you know exactly what the pieces are going to be. 
I think I feel the same way about this episode. I saw the pieces and they all went exactly in the direction that I was sure that they were going to go into the whole, like, as soon as Daniel mentioned, like, I haven't, you know, I've been poking around your mind. Uh, I can't remember what Replicator said, you know, like y- y- you can't figure it all out. It, 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 as soon as Daniel said, not yet, not like, yet, but I'm learning. It's like, it's like, you know, yeah, it's the I'm learning part. Like those two words were enough to just you're just like i know exactly where this is going i've got minutes and minutes and minutes left of the story and i know precisely where we're going to end up and surely you know sure enough we got there and it was no less grand it was no less epic it wasn't a surprise at all but it was still awesome to watch michael shanks pull out the uh learning skill and roll a 17 and add his plus 11 modifier because he's insane at it and clear the DC with ease so that he now is in control of the replicators. Right. Like, yeah. it was great. It, it went exactly as we thought it was going to go. And yet it still worked. Um, you know, Teal'c with his battle mind won the battle of Dakara with such ease and grace. We don't even see it. Like, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> like he rolled a 20 and we're yeah. like, yep. Okay. You're in control of Dakara now. <laughs> like. <laughs> Like, you know, like it all it all was obvious, yet it still felt great watching them succeed in the ways that they did. And even Daniel's death, like, you know, I'm calling their bluff, but I also probably would have called their bluff even back then. Like a little bit of like he's dead again type of a thing. Like, you know, like, come on, you, you, you only you only get one time where you're like, oh, wow. okay, I guess I guess there was some friction in the writer room or whatever. And. And Michael Shanks kind of wants out like now it's like, yeah, okay, but uh, is he going to come back with glowing eyes and like zap people with his fingertips or something? I don't know. Let's find out. Um, I'm excited to see what happens, but do I think he's gone? No, I don't. So let's, you know, that emotional thing is not even close to where it's at right now, where it was before. So I'm excited. So overall, I really like it. And now that I kind of put that in that framework. I'm fine with justifying that. I really like it. It's not a good story, Zach. It isn't. There isn't growth. There's adversary and it's defeated, but it's not defeated through storytelling means it's defeated through a play in the, in the D and D sense in the, in the RPG sense. And I, I still enjoy the snot out of it because I like that kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. I think that's a good rebuttal. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh to your own self even yeah oh yeah um and i don't know i don't really have anything else to to add okay sure i i agree it, mostly <laughs> i concur yeah <laughs> <laughs> um you know it's it it is that is a good way of looking at this episode hmm. right that this is just trying to talk about an event and it's not trying to tell a story yeah and um and when you do that, it does or can um, frame um, some of the uh, clunkiness that we talked about. Before yeah, in a way that that um, doesn't make it go away, but brings it into a place where we can understand it and give it the leeway it needs to just be what it is. To be what it is and enjoy it for what it is. Yeah. Yep. Um, which is a really important lesson to learn that if something looks weird from point A, uh, of, uh, perspective A, move to perspective B and look at it and it yeah. might make sense that way. Yep. All right. 
Well, I think that it's probably time. Okay. For predictions. Yeah. Not predictions. Chevron ratings. Yeah. Then we'll get to the predictions. Yeah. So, um, I would be inclined to just uh, rate these as a single episode. Oh, yeah. uh, With just one uh, prediction. Uh, If our listeners wanted to split that up, that's their business. I'm not going to. Nope. I I think just one rating is just fine. All right. So, what do you give it? Well... It's definitely, I'm standing by the, I'm sticking to my guns with the whole notion that this really isn't that much of a story. Um, but that also then helps me feel good about enjoying it for what it was. Um, I don't think that the story elements that were not particularly strong should be used against it. Um, I wouldn't put it past a person for, for using it against it, but I'm not gonna. And so, yeah, when those positive jams that I was feeling at the end of it, when I was looking at this going, man, I really had a good time. And even though as I was reflecting on it, I'm like, I don't know why I had as good of a time as I did. I'm glad we talked about it because I now kind of put it all together. But yeah, after I got done watching it, I was like, is this a seven? And I'm going to stick with it. There was a lot that happened here. There was so much information. This was a huge event. This was a seven out of seven event. And they did a good job portraying the event and it was enjoyable to be a, an observer to the event. And I'm glad for it. And now there's all this stuff that's happened and, uh, in, and I'm ready for what's going to happen next. So this thing was great. I had a great time. And now I think, Zach, this is the third week in a row that I've given something a seven. Wow. I think. Uh, <laughs> I have to look it up. Seven I'd out of seven for me. Up. What about yeah. you? All right. So. um. Yeah, this is a great event, and I like it. It's it's a watershed moment. It radically changes everything. Um, how does it change everything? Only time will tell. Yeah, right. But but uh, the replicators, as far as we know, are now gone, gone. Yeah, at least gone, gone in this galaxy. Yeah. Um, and from what we gather in previous things, that they were able to, um at least hold them at bay. Uh, I don't remember, you know, the, they're, they're gone, gone in this galaxy. Yep. Um, and perhaps all the galaxies. We'll see. Uh, it's it, not because of this event, but anyway. Yep. Does that make, I don't know if that makes sense. I, I think Doesn't it matter. does. They're gone here um, for sure. Maybe there's an opportunity to use what we learned to get them gone elsewhere too. Uh, then we have uh, the Gua World System Lords. Yeah. The System Lord system has been broken. Yes. Um, that's a big deal. Yes. Uh, the free Jaffa seem to actually be free. Yeah. That's a big deal. Yeah. Um, you know, these are big deals. Uh, and this episode kind of brings all of this to a watershed moment and has it. Um, it's a good episode. Uh, I wouldn't begrudge anybody who gives it a seven. Yes. Well, good. I'm not going to give did. it a seven. Uh, yes. <laughs> Fine. Yes. Um, there's enough of this, uh, you know, and I thank you very much for talking about this as an event instead of a story. And that certainly helps to frame it better. Mm-hmm. Um, but what that does is it frames it in such a way that I feel, uh, justified in giving it the gift, the, the, the Chevron rating that I give it and not feeling, feeling guilty that I should am rating it as high as I do. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this is a six and a half. Yeah. Yes. Um, it, it's, it's very good, 
but there are issues with it. And, and the, you know, as I was sitting there, I actually ended up watching this a couple of nights ago because of how my schedule was turning out. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was sitting there, so I had like a day to kind of think about what I was going to give it. And I'm like, well, you know, it's a good episode. Is it seven? I could give it a seven, but I don't know. There, there's some things. It just kind of feels Damien Kindlery to me. Yeah. And <laughs> feels Kindlery. <laughs> That's awesome. And, and, and that, you know, w- when, when he gets out of his own way, he can tell a really good story. Yeah. And he's done that. Uh, and sometimes he can use his own tendencies to tell a really good story. And sometimes he kind of trips on himself. And he didn't trip on himself, but he certainly, um, you know, caught himself before he fell down. Yeah. Uh, and uh, that still fits. And now talking about this as an event, for me, allows me to feel good about saying this is a six and a half for yeah, me. Sure. Um, and, and not feeling, well, this is still a six and a half, but I, I don't know. Should I just give it less than that? Because it's kind of getting me killed. You know, yeah, I mean, as a story, change. this thing is, yeah, if, if I yeah. were doing this exclusively as a story, mi- middling at best, but it's, yep. but it's, it wasn't, it was, it was, it was, it was like, what, not like watching a live event, but I mean, like that, 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 that framework works. It's like a sporting thing. Like you're just like, there's, there's not a story when you watch a sporting event, it's a thing, but it's still exciting. And you still have, you know, and if, if your team wins, you feel, still feel really positive about it. And, you know, like, you know, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, shall we look at the predictions? Yes, we should. All right. We have uh, Paul. Hi, Paul. And I think... I don't recognize Paul Paul's might name. be new. Yeah. If you're new, welcome. Yep. Uh, Paul says, part one prediction, Zach six, Brent six. Part two, Zach six and a half, Brent six. Combined, both give it six chevrons rating. Yeah. Very, 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 very close. Very, very close. Uh, these ratings are due to the good story and the way it all follows through. Also... I'm not up to this episode yet. I vaguely remember it, though. Yes. Cool. Okay. All right. Nice. Thanks, Paul. Well, thanks very much, Paul. And then we have Kevin. Hi, Kevin. Kevin says, Hi, Zach. Hi, Brent. Boy, a lot to unpack in these two episodes. Did we finally beat the replicators? While I was watching this tale unfold, I took a few notes. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, not you. Uh-huh. <laughs> <Number> two. <laughs> Who, me? You know, that Tolok fellow looks familiar. For some reason, I keep expecting him to say, Hello there, children. Um, I don't get that reference. Actually, I hear he's one bad mother. Oh, that. Never mind. Yes. Hello there, children. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Number three. Glad to see Jeff Judge is back. Always nice to see the Brotherhood. Yep. 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 Number four. (laughs) Jacob sure does seem willing to sacrifice Teal'c and the rest of the Jaffa Rebellion. Yeah. Well, he's a Tok'ra. Yes. But yeah. Oh, the battle for control of the temple that we've never heard of before happens off screen. Yeah. Maybe Isaac Hayes is more expensive than I thought. Or maybe <laughs> they are saving up since we are getting closer to the end of the season. Yeah, yeah. it could be. Yeah. Uh, number six. You know, you would think by now that they would have learned to at least patrol the ship after fighting replicators. Every time the Asgard fight the replicators, they get boarded. Uh, yeah, Patrolling that's a good point. afterwards... Should be the first thing they do. Yes. Number seven, Major Wood cameo. Yep. Saw it. Yep. Yep. Uh, number eight. So I'm supposed to believe that someone as smart as Carter and Jacob slash Selmak didn't notice the giant rotatable circles on this wall they've been staring at for hours. Okay. 
pause here for just a moment. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that, if for no other reason, is why I don't give this a seven. Because while it's okay, fine for plot, it's, they it's rolled, bad. They rolled a three, okay? No, like, no, no, no. The DM said, no. roll perception. They rolled a three, and he's like, okay, I guess you don't see the circles. <laughs> okay, but then, but then she's like, oh, wait, this is upside down. And like, can I have a new perception check? Apparently, yes. Well, yeah, because now that you've had introduced new information. No, it's bad. Also, also, she's like, like, like the phrase is like, blah, 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 blah. You know, the darkness is, is at, you know, whatever. And it's supposed to be, it's the sun or whatever. And, but, but, but like, so like they, they shift one word. But but how big are those freaking circles? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Those yeah, no. circles are huge. Look, look. The DM last night was cooking up the puzzle and was like, uh, "Yeah, I don't have time to think about this in detail. We're just going to do one word. It's fine. They'll they'll get they'll get a nineteen on their roll anyway. This is going to be easy. Oh, they failed it. Oh dear. Okay. Uh, hmm. <laughs> like I said. Six and a half. <laughs> All right, let's continue with 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 uh, Kevin here. Uh-huh. Number nine. They're using a laptop. Gee, I, I guess know. these ancient devices must have a USB port somewhere. No, it was Ethernet. <laughs> it was even worse. <laughs> they had a Cat Five cable plugged into the back, and then like ran off the side as if there's another Cat Five like jack on the side of this ancient device. Now. Now, how they plug it in is is never explained. That said, um, we have seen our Earth heroes interface their equipment with both ancient and Gua world equipment uh, in such ways, and frankly, um, Asgard equipment in such a ways that I will let them slide on that one. Yeah, it's fair. Also, the, at the very beginning of the episode, they had... They had a they had a Rocky Talkie that that was able to identify the location of every gold ship in the galaxy. <laughs> I mean, to to be fair, it was only the ones that they were able to tag. But they've been doing this for like a hundred thousand years, oh, and so boy. they have them all tagged. Oh dear, it's very yeah. convenient. It's super so convenient. Um, only and uh, frankly, the only reason they did that. Is so that they could have some sort of visual clue that things oh, yeah. are bad. Oh, no, 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 no. But again, when it comes to like storytelling, this isn't a very good story. That's really lazy, right? That's not compelling at all. There's a be- There are better ways to kind of get that same idea across. I, whatever. We've beat that horse. It's dead. But. Yep. All right. Yeah. So number 10. Yeah. Poor Siler. At least he's not hurt this time. Yeah. Number 11. So that's it. Daniel's just dead again. Yeah, I don't That's believe it. That's how he goes out? Nope. No. Uh, all right. Spoiler. He's not dead yet. Yeah, no. Uh, number 12. I wish my consciousness could be downloaded into a new body. I know. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. Yeah. Although there are some, a lot of ethical issues with that. So We'll deal with that later. That, that, that's future Zach and Brent's problem. <laughs> that's exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> so. I'm going to predict a six from Zach and a very six close. from Brent. Very, very close. Yes. Fingers crossed for more dupe dupes. Nope. See you next time in Pegasus. All right. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that that's all of them. So what do we have on the discords? All right. Uh, first, we have uh, we, we got we got we got our timelines all mixed up because um, 
David reminded me to do the thing. And I'm like, yes, I will do the thing. And then I forgot to do the thing. So uh, people were generously putting in their predictions without me saying anything until I said something. But whatever. We got Jen. Hi, Jen. Hi, Jen. Jen says, hi, guys. On to the last quarter of season eight. I don't have much to say for Reckoning other than it's a good two-parter. No more, no less. It sets up the finale showdown and has some very memorable scenes, but it stays in the good category for me. When I think of season eight, I hardly think of Reckoning. There are just too many other episodes that are better. Good means five out of seven, at least for me. For Brent and Zach, their ratings have been more on the positive side lately. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Especially Brent's ratings were surprisingly friendly. Can he be trusted with this two-parter, though? I predict that something will bother him. (laughs) But (laughs) But he will overcome his predicament during the conversation with Zach and will rate this... Six chevrons, extremely close. Zach will be on broad terms, good but not phenomenal, and will rate this a 6.5, simply because he gives halvesies. Yes, very good. All right, then we all go back and forth about how we forgot to do the thing, and uh, I said, do the thing, go, and then we got Jenny. Jenny says, hi, Jenny. Uh, I don't know about everyone else, but every time I rewatch this episode, I find it so frustrating when Jacob and Sam are translating the wall into Kara. They take so long to notice the giant movable circles on the wall. <laughs> like I said, they rolled a three. Reckoning is the culmination of eight seasons of television. It resolves the story arcs of the Ghoul Wold, the Replicators, and the Jaffa Rebellion. In my opinion, it is one of the most important episodes of the franchise. The visual effects are stunning. Replicator ship lands uh, like the coolest bugs. We get to see a bunch of ghoul world ships fighting in space. The weapon of Dakara opens and fires throughout all of the galaxy. And Replicator's got that cool sword hand transition. For all of these reasons, I predict an eight out of eight chevrons from both of our hosts. Oh, a little high. But yes, it was very, very good. I Uh, I would agree with with. Uh, her description of what this episode is uh, relative to everything else. Yep. 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 So there's a little bit more chatter uh, kind of in response to that, but that's that's it. That's all we got for the Discord. So I'm going to say right. thus endeth the predictions. What do we got in the emails? All right. We've got a couple emails. Uh-huh. One is from Lydia Ann. Hi, Lydia Ann. Uh, she says, hi, guys, you spend time on Earth dealing with a disgraced former vice president, then a barber holding a grudge. Yeah. And the rest of the galaxy goes to, hey, isn't it <laughs> super convenient that the free Jaffa, Ball, Anubis and the replicators suddenly all need the same ancient MacGuffin? I know. <laughs> Oh, a Damien Kindler script, you say? <laughs> Never mind. It makes sense now. Yep, sure does. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, the season has puttered along, and we've reached the last quarter, and we need some big action, but yep. haven't done any groundwork. So there's a ton of exposition from several desperate plot lines trying to... Uh, to tie everything together. Yep. That leaves sir, that leaves no room for the emotional impact of any of these events to sink in. Yeah, yes, yes. Yes. Yep. Uh Lydia Ann predicts a five from Brent. Yeah. And a five and a half from Zach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, again, like Lydia Ann is very reliable in looking at these things through a literary critique lens, which is awesome. Yeah. As far as the story is concerned, oh no, this is not that good. <laughs> 
Not good. Um, yeah, so that was one of the things that, that I was wrestling with as I was thinking about this episode. Um, this is an episode that matters yeah. to Stargate, right? Yep. What happens in this episode matters to the whole franchise. Yep. Um, and I knew that when I watched it the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, and how do I then talk about this episode? How do I rate this episode? How do I um, place this episode with all of that going on? Right. I wish that the story had been a little stronger. Yes. Um, but it wasn't. It is what it is. But we have to deal with it. Yep. Anyway. Uh, then we have David. Hi, David. David says, I reckon that there is a Chevron encoding bias buffer. hey Yes. Yes, there is. All right. He's on vacation. Okay. He, he's he's got to pass. Yeah. He, he says, probably so. wrote that after uh, after enjoying the, the happy hour at the bar at 10 a.m. Probably. This, <laughs> this, this came in 15 hours ago. So, you know, in the 830 range. Last yeah. Week. Oh, yeah. 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 Yep. He probably had more than one or two drinks. So here I am on vacation on a beautiful island Bang. drinking hashtag tasty beverages. Yep. And I'm thinking about Stargate. Yes. What a uh, I am I what am I doing wrong here? <laughs> Nothing. That sounds like a perfect evening. Sounds sounds delightful. Actually, it's evening right now and we just finished watching something on Netflix, so it's all good. I'm not gonna say anything. <laughs> Daniel is apparently dead again. Replicators yeah. look to be defeated. Gould might have been defeated. What a great way to end the season and the series. Right. <laughs> oh, oh there are three more episodes left and two more seasons really uh-huh. Uh-huh. interesting uh-huh this really felt like a decisive the end we know better though and i'm not here to talk about that i like these episodes a lot it has been a while since i had seen them so while i knew how it ended there were some fun oh yeah that happened moments mm-hmm. you dying Fake Oma de Sala, Ball being Ball, Replica Carter being evil. Yeah. And yeah, oh, just kidding. The only thing wrong here is that there are three episodes left on what should have been a season ending cliffhanger. I guess at the time they had n- not been renewed yet. So the three remaining will resolve the Daniel issue and the other two will do something. Sure. Brent. We'll give this six chevrons for reasons similar to what I just wrote. Yep, very close. Zach will give it six chevrons for reasons similar to what Brent said. (laughs) (laughs) He definitely got the last half of that one exactly right. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Well, no dupa-dupes today, dear listeners. But that's okay. Yeah. Because we'll come back next week with an Atlantis episode. Yeah. And there you will have an opportunity... To make your predictions and get your doopa doops. Doopa doops. So, Brent. Yeah. The next episode of Stargate Atlantis. Yeah. Which we will talk about next time, which actually won't be next week. It'll be a couple weeks from now. Correct. Is Brotherhood. Brotherhood. And what is Stargate Atlantis Brotherhood all about? Uh, Brotherhood. Uh, okay. Next time on Stargate Atlantis. Our Atlantis friends have been given crucial information on where to find not one, not two, but three. No, five. One, not two, five, sire. <laughs> Sorry, I got myself all I got to start all over again. 
<laughs> Next time, us targeted Atlantis, our Atlantis friends will travel through the Pegasus galaxy on their way to find the location of five ZPMs. Yes. Three, sir. Three. Uh, no, no. There were five addresses on that sheet of paper. This is not a mistake. Now, there are only three slots to put in the thing. One thing, out did we talk about how, like, that's the whole thing needs only, whatever. Three. Five ZPMs. Therefore, we are going to go fetch them. Yes, yes, post haste. So we go to the first of the five and we say, hello. Nobody's there. We say hello again and there's nobody there. Seems that we are in the Pacific Northwest. But of course, this is a different planet. But the pine trees just look so furry. So we go walking through and we are going and we're going to see if we can find the ZPM. There's no clues, no energy weapons, no real energy readings. Where could this be? Perhaps it's depleted. Oh, no. Perhaps it's been stolen. Oh, even worse. But no. Eventually, there is a very faint but detectable power signal just over there. See, so we go just over there and we discover a little stone hut. Nobody's in there. Just one hut. That's peculiar. We scanned the planets. We didn't find any evidence of anything that was built. Perhaps this is literally the only one. That would be strange. So we go inside the stone hut and we find something even more peculiar. We find an old computer. An Hello, computer. An Earth computer from the 1980s, no less. What? Beige and clackety-clack keyboard in the monochrome green screen. It's all right there. It's not plugged in. There's no electricity. It's not working. But there it is. It's peculiar. And so we decide to lift off the monitor and we decide to take off the shrouding. And oh, what is this? There seems to be a shard of a ZPM. Not the whole thing, but a piece of it. That's curious. Do we think that those five addresses were not the locations of five ZPMs, but five shards of a ZPM? That'd be cruel. But that's still peculiar. Why is it here? Why was it under the hood of this brother? Computer from the 1980s. I don't understand the brotherhood problem. But join us next time on Stargate Atlantis as we uncover the mystery of the brotherhood. Do you think this is going to... So so are we going to have a brother computer? And underneath its hood, are we going to have something of a great importance to the story? So... What do you think? There, there, there are times when I wish that this was a video cast. <laughs> did I have? Did I have your hand? Did I have your face buried in your hands on that one? <laughs> I mean, did you do I, the Picard? I am. I am very pro bad jokes. Uh huh. <laughs> And <laughs> <laughs> yes, but the real question is, did and you, you have strained? <laughs> uh-huh. But did you see it coming? Well, uh, yes. No, dang uh, it. <laughs> oh. well, I mean, I don't know for sure exactly when. <laughs> <laughs> when it clicked that he that I was talking about a brother computer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. So uh, do we think so. that... Uh, do you think that we're going to uh, be uh, talking about computers? I, I think that you are correct in that we will be looking for a ZPM. Uh, okay, that's good. Um, I think that there will be computers involved in that process. 
Because science fiction. Science fiction. Yes. I think that 1980s technology is not going to play a role in this. What if it does? Well, if it does, then I would be wrong. <laughs> Let's find but out. I'm not wrong. Let's find, all right, how, all right. You haven't seen this episode in like 15 years. Uh, it's been earlier, more, you know, more recent than that. The episode <laughs> only came out 15 years ago. Uh, I mean, 17, uh, 18, 17. Whatever. 17, you know, anyway. All right. All right. For all you dear listeners out there. Wait, Brent, are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Because last time it didn't work I was out, not so. ready. Yes. Yeah. I'm ready now, though. All right, for all you dear listeners out there, I'm hitting play now. Next time on Stargate Atlantis. I'm happy to do it, Doctor. I'm sorry this information The search so for the hidden ZPMs of the ancients begins. Uh-huh. While the team searches for clues. Maybe that's Brother Computer. Great scouts find Atlantis. No! no. What's it doing? It's scanning us. That's no good. That's not good. It's about the computer. This is the whole time. On the verge of a major breakthrough, an old adversary appears. We do not have it yet. We have not found the ninth stone. We have an unbelievably large tactical. Oh my goodness! Now, if you would rather I just cover the mouth of the chamber up and forget about the whole thing, I'm more than willing to consider it. How will the Atlantis expedition stand when caught between the Wraith and the Janai? Oh no! It's all next time. On Stargate Atlantis. Oh, oh my! That's oh. a big explosion. Well, okay. Yes. I saw a couple things that could be a 1980s computer. Granted, that last one would be a really interesting case. I haven't seen one like that before, but I'm just saying it's possible. It, it it's it's possible that that there is a brother computer in there, and then there's the reality that there's not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, that's what I got. Uh, dear listeners, tell us where we got it right and where we got it wrong. Yeah. You can email us at walkingthroughthestargate at gmail.com. You can follow us on Facebook and go to the discords and join the conversation there. You can have a hashtag tasty beverage yep. and post your pictures there because that's what we do. Yes. Because uh, we are a goofy, goofy group. That's which is exactly awesome. what we do. I like yeah. goofy groups. Yes. It's um, a good time. It really is. It is. It's, 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 it's fun. I don't have enough time to spend as much energy as I would like. Uh, interacting in that group, but I still lurk. Oh, um, yeah. It's good. So, yeah, it's good. So, with all of that, I say I'm Zach. And I'm Brent. And this has been Walking Through the Stargate. See you next time. Bye. Carter, dial it up. Get these people home. <laughs>